Who do you believe in? Who moves you? Who inspires you? My name is Tariq Ture, and I want you to meet some of the people that inspire me. And they've done that simply because no matter the situation, they've gone above and beyond. Welcome to Above and Beyond. Assalamu alaikum and good good morning slash over across over to afternoon. Um, we are now on the Above and Beyond podcast of myself, Tariq Ture. And um, today uh, we have some, some musical guests uh, that are on. Um, we have left us, left us with us um, this morning. And um, I want to say the first time I saw these brothers play was maybe, it might have been five, four to five years ago. And I knew the sound was distinct because it was, it was like hip hop influence. It was like a little bit of fusion, a little bit of jazz. They had an Afghan brother playing the drum. I was trying to figure out what was going on. But all in all, um, it was extremely dope. And um, alhamdulillah, I've, you know, over the time, I've been able to build a relationship with them and, you know, consistently uh, consistently support. And I remember we were in PGMA last year, and um, Dean, you were talking about trying to, you know, make your way and, and, and have a certain impact with your music. And that was a while ago. That was a long time ago. I remember you saying that. Um, I think maybe I just met at that particular time. And then, so to look at it now, you know, you have a fan base and um, you're growing and you got a live show that's crazy. <laughs> um, it, it just shows a testament to like, you, you saw the void that was there. Um, and your, 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 your root sort of void that was there. And you saw the need that people were hungry for something different, or like yeah. something different. Um, within the Muslim show, as we call it, <laughs> um, and to people who who tap into the Muslim show, um, but Alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm happy that you all are, are on. Is it the third or second album? Second, third. So this is considered like our first actual Ooh, album. You have so EP. much music out. Hold up. <laughs> okay. The first one is just the EP. So the first one is just the, this is the full length right here. This wow. Is the, okay. All right. See, I just recklessly yeah. just just drop music and just <laughs> we just supposed to put it all together like like uh, Wayne mixtapes, huh? Right, right. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody got to do due diligence. Um, but how did I think long time coming? Right, right, right. But we have Maher. Um, we have Nora Dean. And we, we should have Ibadullah coming on. He's running on what they say, Afghan time. He is 100% on Afghan time. 100% on Afghan time. So, um, you know, first question, uh, I, I was just talking to you all about it. What does it feel like being being finished? And you're standing outside of this beautiful house that you've renovated of music and you manicured the lawn and, you know, all of you all are standing out looking at it. How does it feel now? Anyone, y'all can go. Maha, we can start. With I don't you. even know if we're finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I, it's um, it, it's for so for this album, we we were actually just discussing how we felt about, you know, whether or not we felt finished or, or whether or not it was finished and how we knew it was finished. Simply, I think we were all happy with how it, how we felt. It's not even just the sound, but like how we felt listening to it, how we felt about, you know, I think Dean just changed up the lyrics for one of our songs just like pretty recently. And it was the, last month. the feeling Literally. of it, you know. Um, and for us, it was, it was uh, a combination of like, sure, how it went together sonically, but uh, the feeling it gave us when we were listening to it. Yeah, definitely. Like he's saying, so the song he's talking about in particular is How to Speak. And How to Speak has been around with Leftist for maybe... Uh, 10 years? Maybe 10 years, right? This song has been growing and and becoming and building for 10 years. Um, and it literally, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and I literally finished a bar, like I changed the bar last month. Right. So that's when it, you know, it's like, I don't know, man, it felt like it, it, it 
felt like it needed to be there. And I think that, you know, when you're there based on the fact that you've taken such a long journey, right? Mm -hmm. You become an expert at when you're there, right? That, like he's saying, that feeling of knowing, all right, it's complete, you know, and to be here now, like I was telling you before, is just kind of like that moment after you've done so much training or you've gone through the whole NBA season or whatever, and you finally get to that, you know, uh, to the playoffs and then, you know, you ramp it up and then you finally get to the championship, you win it and you got to take those couple months off. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to hear no leftist records. I don't, you know, I got a couple weeks. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to play around with none of that for a good minute. That's true. You know, you're done when you got to walk away from it. For sure. For sure. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking about, maybe I just had this conversation yesterday on a, on a, um, uh, like a live interview that I had to do about being finished, about the concept of finishing. And I, I think that may be something that, that artists end up having to do away with in their mind at some point in time in their career. Like, okay, nothing's ever finished since I feel like I can always add to something. But right. I know for myself, if I'm writing, there'll come a point in time where I realize I'm saying the same thing. And so I, then I'll be like, okay, I can stop now because I'm, 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 uh, I'm being redundant. So speaking of fourth quarters, I like that analogy. I like, I like that analogy as you know, former athlete. If you've trained hard enough, then when the fourth quarter comes, when overtime comes and it's three in the morning and you all are trying to get these records mixed and, and first is in and bars in and all of that, if you train hard enough, certain things are fundamental. And so you don't have to think that hard about how much pressure is in the moment. And so what were some pressure points for you all in getting this done? And like, how did you all work through them? Ooh, I can tell you straight off the break. Um, I had a lot of pressure points because I did most of the mixing, mm. right? And I'm not a mix. Like, I, you know, I'm basically learning on the fly. I'm letting uh, Ian right now. Yeah, okay, cool, perfect. So I'm learning on the fly. So, uh, for example, Glory, the single, right? Mm -hmm. um, we, we... We had, I mean, imagine you hear all that instrumentation that goes in the glory, right? I'm checking for sounds that I don't even know are, you know, whether or not they, whether or not they mesh and all that kind of stuff. So I'm figuring out how to, how to add, uh, you know, uh, uh, a marching uh, a horn with uh, the tubla, with the, you know, with all these different instrumentations. And it got to a point to where it's just me and Don sitting in the studio. Don is the guy who engineered the entire project. And I'm a snare guy, right? I look, my snare's got to snap a certain way. But I couldn't communicate with him, like, how to, I know what I hear in my head, but I don't know how to tell him, this is what I, this is what you need to do to get there. I know, for example, Mark, who plays guitar for us, he would, he would have probably been able to get us there better. But I don't know. So Don is literally going through snares. And we're taking, like, hours to go, just go through snares. And for me, I'm sitting in the back, and I got a headache. And I'm sitting there and I'm just, I got my hands in my head and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> like, you know, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, yo, try this or try, okay, it needs to be a little shorter. It needs to be this. to the point to where, like, I left when we finished that studio session, right? I, I thought we had it, but I left and he sent me the bounce for it and I didn't want to hear it. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't want to hear it. I'm scared of it not being correct, right? Mm -hmm. Or it not being what I needed to hear. And so I'm home. It literally kept me up the entire night. Like, yo, I'm, I'm mad at everybody in the group that wasn't there. They should have been here because, <laughs> because if they was here, I wouldn't have had to do this by myself. And this wouldn't have been da, 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 da. I'm quitting. I'm done. I don't want to do nothing. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do any of this anymore. Right. So finally, because I got to go in for the next session the next day. So I finally just, I'm like, you know what? Let me go ahead and listen to it. I got to suck it up. I got to listen to it. I stayed up all night just beating myself up over this, over this snare. I get to it. I'm listening to it in the car, and I'm like, oh, we're there. All I need to do is shorten the snare. That's it. I go in. I tell Don, I'm like, yo, I think the snare needs to be shortened. He's like, I was thinking the same thing. It was the first time I felt like outside of like uh, 
like uh, performing live and you know writing songs i felt like i knew what the hell i was doing it was the first time <laughs> like, you know but that that going through that entire process that grinding process to get there and not stopping myself from doing it allowed me to get to the point that where where i am now to where i'm like i'm, I'm okay with figuring out every you know aspect of the song from then on it 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 freed me from then on because i had went through the entire process hmm. okay all right all right that makes sense um hmm. well since since you're here now you better look <laughs> i like them <laughs> so that we talking uh, about afghan time my g we told them yeah <laughs> yeah it's, you know afghan time it's no problem it's no problem um since you're here now we, we were talking about a point in which you kind of had to to push through to to go ahead and get this done. So Dean just mentioned mm-hmm. shortening the snare. So shortening the snare. So I'm sure my musical people understand what that means. <laughs> shortening. I mean, I'm just thinking about something going pat. That's all. <laughs> but um, for yourself, was there any experiences like that where there was definitely a wall up or a speed hump you had to get over and and trying to get this thing done, trying to trying to birth this baby, you were like, I don't know, man. I'm just gonna have to push through. So, you know, was there any points like that for you? That's a very good question. Um, I think the first thing that comes into mind is, uh, uh, and it's always gonna be a special experience for me, was when uh, Dean and I were in the studio um, trying to figure out the best beat for how to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for that one particularly, it was a wall because as, you know, the guys and I were just talking about it just yesterday. The song has evolved so much over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to How to Speak six years ago when we were playing it, it doesn't sound the same as how we were playing it one year ago. Mm-hmm. And how we play it today is not the same as it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that was continuously in my mind. Um, and not so much as like a wall, um, but sort of as like a like a hump for me, like to get over in terms of how do I play the best beat for it via tabla in order to properly accentuate the song? Mm. Because at the same time, like you know, it's it's not easy having a beautiful marriage of tabla and uh, and a lot of the songs that we 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 create. Because, you know, a lot of the tabla music is created for uh, classical, like, raga or ghazal style music mm. that's usually very slow-paced or very, um, um, it begins in that way, but then kind of builds up and builds up. Um, and that's something that I had to kind of really understand because mm. there are so many variations that I could do. There's, and I wanted to do so many things because once, you know, the track goes into the end where the music just, just hits you it's like oh i want to do this i want to do that mm. i've realized that i i have to and it was one of the biggest lessons i learned was learning how to tone it down so that i'm properly accentuating the music and not just playing for the sake of playing mm. um i you know i had to learn how to become a musician at that moment and not just a tabla player so, because anyone can play tabla, but uh, or any any other instrument. I can't but, play tabla. Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it goes for it, it's the same for for any instrument. Whereas you know anyone can play a, an instrument, but can you become a musician with it in that moment? Understanding when to come in, when to step out, um, and knowing when your role, what your proper role is within that song. So, I think that um, it wasn't a long term hump but our wall but it was like a very um uh and at that moment we were in the studio uh a short-term one that dean and i worked a lot on um and he was helping guide me throughout that process and i feel like afterwards it kind of clicked and in the song how to speak you hear uh, it, it's not really loud but it's a little portion of dean and i laughing because we're like oh we finally got it and like it sounded golden alhamdulillah so that was one of my favorite moments of uh, of pushing through um so once a year for the last maybe four years, uh, I speak at uh, Johns Hopkins University's Peabody Institute, where they, they train all the like classical musicians and the kids from like 
China come and they, you know, they learn how to play the cello and all that type of stuff. Basically they're training to be in, in the part of orchestras. Yeah. And so here I am like weird old poet dude from West Baltimore. Like, is and within a certain certain uh, vacuum, they feel constricted about stepping outside of classical music. So if Bach did it this way, this is how right. it's played. Don't go one note outside of what Bach did. Right. If enough did it this way, then, and so if somebody even hears one note, it's like, it's, 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 it's real. And so when you just mentioned that about the, about the tabla, um, I think that also ties into y'all have like this cultural fusion going on too. And not cultural in the sense of checking boxes like, oh, it's so good. Oh, you guys are multicultural, anything like that. But y'all are legitimately um, blending, blending culture, different music and stuff like that. But at the same time, you're not saying, hey, this is our allyship. This is but right, right. doing it. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like a, a forced thing. You don't have T-shirts that say, hey, we're a cross-cultural band. And you know, <laughs> these are our beliefs. Um, so what was the learning process like that? Um, for you all and trying to like make sure that the essence of where you're coming from with your music and the efforts, essence of where other people are coming from. So it all sit, cause it seems it's all put well together now. It's like, it's nice. It's a Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But I know it was like that from the jump, you know, unless, unless y'all have just got it like that. You know? No, we were just trash. We were, we were complete, <laughs> we were complete trash. Okay. So what was that like? You know, I, I just like kind of like what you were saying about the students at the Peabody. I don't think we were any different in that way. We all came with our own training. We all kind of came with our own mindset of how we want music to be and or how we want this song to sound like. And when we kind of tried to blend all of our ideas together, like, you know, Dean said in the beginning, this is straight garbage in the beginning. <laughs> um, but we learned to be uncomfortable. We learned to see like, oh, wait, so, okay, I, I see what you're saying, you know, okay, I'll play this a little bit differently. I'll kind of um, adjust, I'll, I'll make, uh, make something a little bit different. And once we started all stepping outside of our comfort, comfort zone and blending that all together, that's when things kind of started putting, it made a little bit more sense. It started coming together, started to take form. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I think just, it's not like an intrinsic ability for us to just uh, come in and accept all the other types of like musical styles and musical abilities. It's something that we had to learn ourselves as well. I think one of the biggest, uh, I think the biggest helper for us with that was the fact that we all kind of came in uh, having done something different and we kind of flipped it with leftists. So, like, uh, Mohammed Diabate and I, Diabate had never played really, he just collected instruments and played on his own. He never played before then. So when he picked up the bass, he was really learning the bass as he was going along. Maher was originally uh, on the drums, right? When he, but we had Ish who could only play drums. So Maher had to switch over to guitar. That was a whole new instrument for him to learn right and and build sound on so a lot of that put us in a position where i feel like um we were able to uh mesh together because we were all kind of in the same boat it was like okay we're just figuring out you know how what sounds right for us you know what i mean Uh, we were all coming from pretty different backgrounds even me it was more spoken word it was my first time ever venturing into music like that so it all kind of was like, okay, it's fresh and new. Let's just all throw it together at one time. That's dope. That's dope, man. It it makes me um it makes me think about sort of I guess within professional sports, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure like how they do it with like football over and overseas and stuff like that. But I know here the big squadding up this team, this NBA team is going to get three three all stars. These people, this NFL team is going to get. And so a lot of times, 
I'll look and be like, oh, that seems nice. I mean, this person can do this and that, but it's not going to work. This person has like extreme ego. That other person um, is, you know, is great, but is a poor leader. This person, you know, is, doesn't know how to assume leadership, you know. Um, and so I, I mentioned it the other day, but just the fact that you all have continued to try to stay together and make music is something that is really incredible. And you only hear about groups like this existing, maybe like early 2000s, it kind of like died out. Right, right. You know, the whole thing right. of like having like a legit um group staying together continuing to make music over time you know because you all have, you stood the test of time now you know you can give yourself a pat on the back um how how does that function you know for the for the young for the youngsters that that are listening um when they're able to listen to this what can you tell them about like how do you make sure your group survives your sound survives and it doesn't fizzle out in a year and a half <laughs> mm-hmm. anybody wants to go i think it you know before you kind of commit to a group um you may have to ask yourself whether you're committing to staying in music yourself too you know there's no way you can commit to a group unless you're committing to stay to uh, music and i think it also kind of starts with you know not just say you want it not just a musical instrument necessarily spoken word too whether, whether whatever type of art form you choose to explore um, commit to that art form and not necessarily commit to that art form, but you know, say you don't like the trumpet, switch to drums, see how you like it, you know, find whatever, ha- whatever gives you passion. Uh, that's what you have to stick with first. I I'm genuinely, I, you know, I, if I didn't love playing the guitar, I wouldn't stay in leftist. <laughs> okay, right, right. Right. To, to jump on your, uh, your point, Maher, I think um, passion plays a very important role. Um, and there are going to be some days where you're not as passionate as you probably are, were when you first started. Mm-hmm. And I think more so than that, what helped leftists, you know, stand the, the test of time was just consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, you know, Dean always uh, told me that you have to be aggressively genuine, right, to yourself, to your craft, to your instrument. Um, in the same way, you have to be aggressively consistent with with your work, um, and that's a lesson that I really um, uh, really took in and, and and tried to implement. And of course, I didn't understand that as as well when I was a little bit younger. But now, when I do think about it in terms of what that really means, um, it's helped me further understand uh, leftists and why we've been doing this for like you know ten years now. Because there's so many groups that would have fizzled out, um, you know. Yeah, I think many of us, many of us have been um, in prior bands that have fizzled out. That you know, we aren't playing music anymore. It doesn't mean the love or anything like that is gone, but you know, maybe there there was genuine leadership that was lacked in this era, or sorry, within one person, or maybe one person wasn't as motivated enough to to continue forward. And you know, these things kind of just break the chain apart. But um, Fortunately, over here in our end, we had enough passion um, and enough consistency, you know, even though it wasn't at perfect levels all the time, but it was, it was there enough to, to keep the group going. Mm. I, think, I think I got two points for that. I think uh, you, your why is important. Why are you doing this? Um, if you're doing this because you believe in an industrial idea of what a musician is, you're going to fizzle out because say that one more time <laughs> if you're doing this because you believe in what the industrialized idea of a musician is you're going to fizzle out because you're because the industry only allows for your your lifespan as a top pop artist is maybe uh, three years and now it might be like a year and a half if that right you might be good for one cycle one single right um and this you know just in this industry now if you're if you're doing it for the purposes of for example um you know getting better as a human being right that that reaches levels that the industry can't touch right because you go places and you do you'll do things for the sake of becoming better 
not for the sake of getting money or getting notoriety or getting the Grammy or getting the record deal. You see what I'm saying? The other point that I have to that is that, um, it's funny, we were just talking about this yesterday. You cannot, everybody can't be a home run, a home run hitter, <laughs> right? To, to add to the sports analogy, right? right? Somebody got to play the field, right? That means that you got you to gotta put that, that, you know, that sacrifice bunt down. You got to get, get on base, simple things like that matter more than you hitting the home run every time because the second you get a curveball the second you get that fastball that's out of pocket right and you and you strike out right it's gonna put you to the test Mm -hmm. and if you have nobody on base if if we didn't make it on base we're gonna be looking around like oh well we don't want (laughs) i'm I'm not really about this no more you know (laughs) that's one of the toughest lessons that we've learned is that uh the small hits the small runs are better than the big home runs most times one one of the things that I think kept me going and I wanted to move just into like audience. One of the things that kept me going working on art was that I wanted to have people who, who and if anybody ever came to see me perform, that if they didn't know who I was before they came, they had no idea what the heck I was about to get up and do. Mm that afterwards that they would feel like why haven't I been tapped in? Like where have where I've been I want that under a rock feeling. And so you you get better at that because you kind of learn who you're speaking to. Right. And so you know now that you all have a a, a listenership, I guess that's what you can call that how has it been growing an audience that is waiting, <laughs> you know, for, for, for you all to put out work and how has been, how has the response been and, you know, over time and, and growing that audience and growing people who are like, one of the best stories like that really inspired me was about Brent Fayez uh-huh. and kind of how he runs his, uh, the business side of his work and like, he is not going to anybody where the algorithm doesn't say that he they listen to his music. You know, he's not mm-hmm. going to play anywhere. <laughs> and I was like, this guy knows his audience. Wow. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, I wanted you guys just to really speak to that because there are a lot of artists out there who like, I'm trying, you know, grow my fan base and such and such and such. And, such, and I'll be like, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. That's a good question. I feel like we should get that algorithm. <laughs> I just gave y'all a gym. <laughs> um, but you, you guys is probably a little bit more more organic. But um, you know, just audience, just audience. Period. You know, how have you all learned who you're speaking to, what people respond to, and um, what 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 makes you feel accomplished after a set? Good question. I think I think we're still learning. Yeah. Uh, to some degree. But I think because, again, like with, with longevity, with consistency, uh, and um, with persistence comes your ability to kind of, kind of your, your, your vision, that tunnel vision gets a little clearer, you know, and you're able to see exactly who you're, who you're talking to. And then also the people who respond to what you're doing. You know, um, I've always been a proponent for making sure that you focus on uh, you know, taking care of the people who, you know, who really want to rock with your stuff. I think that we've had, we've had times where it's been, I don't want to say phony, but uh, yeah. superficial. And it's ended up hurting us by, tri- by, you know, trying to follow that. Yeah. You know, Explain, uh, unpack, unpack that. <laughs> yeah, so we've had times, again. Mm. I was like, where we've been trying to chase the numbers, you know, yeah, trying to get the most numbers. Just, even just t- chase people who said they were with us, you know, mm-hmm. who were rocking with us, right? And like, uh, bye, 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 or, you know. <laughs> and trying to cater to that, you know, specifically to that particular thing, um, only to find out that, you know, like, we, we left where we needed to be, you know, uh, you know, where people really respected us, you know. Um, and a lot of that comes with just really really putting the reps in and figuring out who you are, you know, once you do that. And, 
if I'm being honest, if you're a young artist, I would say that you probably have to take that L. You know what I mean? At some point, you have to chase that, you know, that 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 longevity or whatever it is you think it is over there. You know, that that false idea only for you to come back to realize, okay, this is where I need to be. Yeah, you know, I and think that's, that's like a baseball that's analogy. Like, if you build it, they will come. So, like, <laughs> ah. you kind of stick true to like you know what you what you kind of believe in. You kind of end up having people gravitate with that with that same with that same vibe too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um yeah let let's talk about the album man. Ah. If if the album is is a movie, I need you to just take me through the scenes. Can, can we do that? Can we do that? Can we, can we walk through the scenes? Right, man, I've got to say you asked some of the most unique and incredible <laughs> questions. I'm like, wow, like where do I even begin? Oh, this is a this is a good one right here. My yeah. job. This is my job. This is literally be real this is like legit my random way of just like talking to people that i think are cool like so, yo, so yesterday isn't that exactly what i said i said yo we're gonna jump on this because i really am just i'm at the point in my career where i'm just interested in talking to people who i enjoy like yeah yeah, you know yeah. I mean? that's it that is so it. yeah yeah um but you know i know people i know i know a lot of times you want like the behind the scenes of mm-hmm. like yeah, it's nice to listen to it, and we enjoy it. But like, where are you walking me to? Mm-hmm. You know, because we, if, if Rumi were here, we would want to ask him like, "What yeah. did you mean by that?" Mm-hmm. So, without letting too much out, can he walk us through the movie, please? Anybody? Let's begin once. Let's start at track one. Man, it's- track one, alchemy. What would that be like? Uh, Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, so funny. <laughs> you know because you're like kind of like always on edge a little bit mm-hmm. mm. yeah it's yeah, a good one I, I, I agree with that uh alchemy is like the beat alchemy is to me is um the point where the ending of it is when you finally get up for air so imagine like a bomb hit the beginning yeah, yeah. of this movie starts with a bomb hitting right and you're completely covered in rubble. Mm. And this song is the guide out of it. So when you get to the end of it and I say, breathe, right? That's the point of that, of that song. That point is I finally, I finally cleared that little bit of space and here's, mm. and here's the breath, right? Mm. And it's interesting because we were talking about, we were just talking about this yesterday. Um, there's a part. No, I think it was the, the other night. Yeah, there's night. a part. There's a part in the song where there's like a there's like a huge screech, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so uncomfortable. It's yeah, uncomfortable so, screech, and people don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> Whose <laughs> idea was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely mine, right? It was okay. definitely mine. People don't. People. People haven't responded to it very well. And I. Oh, that's a proper that. way of saying it. Yeah. Okay. And I wanted it that way. He said, he said he don't like it. Bottom <laughs> line, I wanted it that way because when when that person in Syria, when that person in Palestine, when that person in Sudan or wherever comes up for that air, that is not a <sighs> moment. You know what I mean? That is a like a you know it's a screechy kind of you know petrified, uh, terrifying moment. Mm. And that's what I wanted when we came into this album. I wanted people to feel like because. The very first line in in the entire album is how come every record on the radios feel good, but nobody feels good. We used to want to be alive. Surely we still should. Right. The opening to it is basically suggesting that we are buried. Right. And we keep burying ourselves with these, you know, with what we hear in particular, because that's, you know, that's our field. Our field, our field is the, you know, your ears, essentially the olfactory. So uh, we keep burying ourselves with these ideas that will hopefully get us out of these situations, will help us, and they don't, yeah. right? No matter how many songs you listen to, they're not helping, right? Like you were saying other, earlier about the brother who was like, hey, look, where, y'all, <laughs> like, where are the people who are actually, you know, saying something now when people are dying? Well, it's mm. been like that for, for a hot minute. Mm. You know, suicide is on, the, is, you know, on his way up. Depression is on his way up. You know, all these kind of numbers. And it's like, okay, well, how come all these songs are supposed to be so so feel good, yeah. you know, but nobody feels it. So that's what I wanted. I wanted to break you out of 
that hole immediately from the from the opening of the album. Cool. Cool. I took okay. long to get to that yeah. point. No, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. But that's a picture painted. You know, that's a picture painted. And um you need that sort of reflection because we just listen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so track two. And track two is how to speak. All right. Um and I feel like it's funny because if you know, if alchemy is that is that bomb and that scream is you like recovering. I feel like how to speak starts with that ringing in your ear. Mm. Um, and when you're, when you're out there, like trying to see what's going on around you, looking at yeah. the destruction around you, but also finding um, little semblances and pieces of life around you. I think that's that realization. That's what, how to speak is. Um, mm. And you're trying to get your words out, but in, in, you don't know how to, what to say or what to how to how to say it because you're you're all frizzled you're all riled up and you're and you're shaken yeah Yeah. and i think that that song is is a perfect uh instrumentation and of audio visualization and representation of that feeling Mm. so all right i'm gonna gonna go to a a different plane (laughs) um so Prophet Islam, he's 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 also referred to as Nabil Um, mm-hmm. right? The, the the prophet of oral people, right? Oral oral people. And when I think about <clears throat> I think about how to speak, I think about how one, uh being Muslim and and being within Islam, living within Islam, um this religion came to a people who had mastered the ins and outs and crevices of language. Right. And so for me, when I see Muslim artists, I'd be like, no, you gotta be the best. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, the last time God talked to people, it was in a particular language for a particular people who had um, really squeezed every bit of language that you can't get out of things they got like 102 different names just for lying right (laughs) just one word like 102 different names um so how to speak for me is it it speaks more to like we're supposed to be people's teachers and so in your music like you're supposed to be teaching people how to speak how to speak for themselves how to tell their story um so that others who come with their ideas of who you are and who you should be and, and where they want to place you in the boxes that they already have prepared they don't even get a chance you know they don't get the air that you should be getting um so i, I you know i really thought that was beautiful i'm happy y'all net y'all labeled that song how to speak to um track three <laughs> we can walk we'll walk through the whole, walk yeah. through the whole movie <laughs> glorious track three glory oh, uh, okay well yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> glory is essentially when you recognize I almost died, right? I know they want to kill me. I'm good, mm. right? No matter what happens henceforth, I'm good. I know that I have to die, right? I know that someone is trying to kill me. Mm. I'm good. Right. That's what glory is. Glory is that moment where you recognize that no matter what, I, I, I have a life to live. I'm good with living it. And when I die, I'm good with dying. Wow. Yeah. That's good. That's beautiful. I, I'm, I'm thinking about what you just said. Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fine. And even like now with a uh, coronavirus and all that, you know, maybe a certain segment of the population is paranoid and like, oh my God, we're going to have to like go without him. And um, I know, you know, the second generation, third generation, like kids, I don't know, they'll, they'll be like, my father said I came to America, I only had $4. It changes every every year. Yeah. It's like, I came with $40, I came with $100. <laughs> right. so like, yeah. right. Even like black kids, our fathers will be like, yeah, uh, you know, I moved here, I had $10 and I had 70 right. and So we've always like learned how to like get by and depend on each other and, and all of that. And all, I believe, you know, that is glorious as well too. So right. like, I'm gonna be yeah. fine. Because I've had to be fine. Right. <laughs> right. right. 
I have had no choice in the matter. <laughs> and, and it's always worked out. Like, no matter what it is, it's worked its way out. Right, right. Um, so yeah, that's 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 beautiful, man. You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be all right. Uh, I think people need people need to to know that. Uh, they need to know that everything is gonna be fine. If you, you know, if you if you make a choice to to look at it that way. Um, track four. Track four is as long as the police don't get me. I think that's in there. <laughs> 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 all right. I mean, sonically, I think that in and of itself, aside from the lyrics, is uh, paints a picture by itself uh, of kind of like, um, man, like, like you feel, you feel like you are uncomfortable and you feel like like paranoid. Mm. And, you know, that's what the what that's what the the instruments, at least itself, mm-hmm. gives you that feeling, mm-hmm. uh, like a paranoia, like looking over your back, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I thought you was gonna say something. Oh, I was saying, um, like you know, having daughters, like if they're scared of the dark, right? They say, "Oh, something's under my bed." I'm scared of the dark. I'm scared of the closet. It's not almost always like what's right there that they can see the coat hanger that's hanging out, right? But they're scared of what else lies in the darkness. They don't see, yeah. What are the things that you don't yeah. see? So um, titling it that way and then using it, it's like you're illuminating a world. Um, people, you like, in another, another, I guess, way of explaining the cops are just, they're just the most pronounced projected part of this machinery. Yes, right. the part that you see. It's the part that you see, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but there's so much more that, that, that goes on. Um, yeah. And if you don't have something that is really uh, poignant to point people to, right. so I want you to look at all the rest of this. Look at all the rest right. of these things. Exactly. Um, and so even just making that, like, do y'all feel like that was out of balance for you or not? Out of balance as far as like making the song? The sound, yeah, just the sound. No, I felt like, I felt like, um, so for me, I had to, it was a, a reckoning with my younger self, right? I've had experiences with police, my father being a criminal justice attorney, you know, I've had experiences with police. I, I've, I had in, in particular, so the title itself, as long as the police don't get me, comes from when I was a kid. And I had, uh, so uh, we're driving down the street in Elizabeth, uh, New Jersey, and my father got his suit on, everything like that. And then he pulls up, it's pouring rain. He pulls up on some girls who are whooping this other girl's behind, right? They jumping her, she bloody, everything. I must have been like four, right? Pulls up on them, he jumps out the car, wraps himself around the girl, pushes the other girls away, tell them to get away. Police pulls up, right? Pulls his gun on him. Get off the girl. Get off the girl. Now I'm in the car banging on the window yelling please don't shoot my daddy mm. right this is me at four um and so i remember thinking from then on i'll be good i'll be okay right as long as the police don't get me mm. right and so the verses themselves are a battle because the verses are you don't get to decide my fate right i decide that mm-hmm. but there's the kid that's there that's like I don't want to have to, you know what I mean? Like, it, I mean, imagine it could have been the biggest mistake. If he had shot my father, I, I would have an entire different trajectory mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. So for me, it wasn't necessarily off balance. It was, well, I guess it would be considered off balance. Yeah, off balance. Because I had to deal with the two, me becoming a, a man who now has a kid versus being a kid who was looking at my father, you know what I mean? Who was looking at my father and having to deal with that. So yeah, I, I would say that, it definitely was a little off balance. I, mean, I definitely think from like going going from glory to that is <laughs> that glory is like I'm gonna be fine. Yeah. <laughs> then it's like oh god, as long as the release don't get me right. <laughs> it's, it's it's the what's the word I'm looking for? It's the the stuff you have to deal with that you didn't deal with. Okay, the baggage. Yeah. Exactly, it's the baggage, yeah. right? PTSD. So at some point, yeah, the PTSD. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. That. Right. And so it kind of it, it it can it can add and it can take away. 
right? So as you're as you're going through it, you you it's the uniqueness of being human is that you keep falling back into the spaces that you thought you had come from already. And so that's what, what I wanted to establish, what we wanted to establish as far as the album was was not that you're not that you're safe because you got here, right? You gotta work through this again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, so, so for the sake of, for sake of time, um, if you're going to, if it, listen, we're going to have to do like a, a part two, um, <laughs> yeah. because I feel like it, it needs to be, it needs to be unpacked, but thinking back now, so you said track one, bomb hits, track two, come from under the rubble, um, track three, which track three again? Glory, yeah, glory. Like a super glory. Okay, I'm gonna be fine. Track four, as long as the as long as the police don't get still dealing with the baggage, um, and this is why I asked the movie question because it literally, you know, you the movie you're watching your your protagonist get in and out and twist right. and turn, and you're like, right. like you got extreme hope. You're apathetic the next scene, right? You, yeah, yeah. you know, you hate your protagonist, right? You, and you love them. And so one of my writing mentors always says, like, I know whether a story is good if I hate love. And if I have all the ranges of emotion for my protagonist, then, like, right. I'm good. Right. Um, and so uh, what do you, in that vein of, of this story that you're telling um, about these people or peoples, um, what do you want people to walk away with? You know, if they mm-hmm. if they listen to it one time on a car ride, and somebody like myself was like, "Yo, listen to this. We we going an hour drive. Mm-hmm. You can't change the aux. I got it." Yeah. What do you want that person who's just been approaching your music to understand within this movie that that you all have, have built? Wow, that's like summarizing the entire thing. You know, and I'm never, I don't know if I've ever been able to kind of like summarize even one song in, in <laughs> manner. <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm a big picture kind of guy, and I think that the overall, the the name of the album is Strength, mm-hmm. and I feel like each song is a journey, um, towards, you, towards showing you that mm-hmm. you your inner strength is in there, and that even though life and your experiences and your circumstances have buried it deep down, mm-hmm. that if you reach within and if you reflect on your experiences and everything that you've been dealt with you can use that to your strength Mm. and become much more resilient in life and much stronger in in your livelihood Mm. okay i think that i would want people to get what find what they really value Mm. right i feel like that's actual strength Right. And that's not something you get outside of you. That's something that you usually that you, you likely get inside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want people to be able to sit and listen and say, whatever it is that I'm going through, I can get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Whatever mm-hmm. it is that I have to deal with, I can get through it. That's pretty much uh, the gist of it for me. Yeah. And that's whether it's like finding strength or or just realizing that you have your own strength. Um, I, I think the most interesting thing is that like music sort of it it, it finds you, mm. and it it define it it finds and defines right. It, it mm. defines periods of your life. Um, if if you love the girl at a certain time, right, you remember that music from that time. If that mm. that song plays, like I remember, right. I, I had to work part time at Staples, and so literally the songs that played in that store. Oh my god, bro! I, I was at Target. Oh my god! <laughs> so you can, you know, you can use your powers for good too. Right. So the very first hip hop record that I ever listened to in my life, intentionally, um, my brother was—I forgot how he was talking about music. He was like, "Yo, you don't know nothing. You need to, you need to listen to this." And it was KRS One. He had a song called "The MC." Mm. And so he go through the whole song talking about what an MC is supposed to do, right. how he's supposed to control the crowd, how he's supposed to rap. And I felt like that defined how I look at people who rap, 
people who do poetry, anybody behind a mic, you know, the responsibility that you had of, of being an MC. And so it prepared me for this era now because like, yeah, MCing really isn't, it's not like a thing, you know, um, anymore. And, um, you know, I'm just really happy that you all are making organic music, um, really Thank organic you. music. And um, the last thing I would say is I'm, I'm reading this book by Inayat uh, Khan. Um, and in it, he talks about the energy that people travel with through the day. Like the thoughts that they're thinking, the words that they're using, everything that they're traveling through the day with. And so when you meet people for the first time, when you see people that you know, four o'clock in the afternoon, mm. and you're like, hey, what's up? And their energy is just crazy. And you're trying to figure out like, what's going on? Like what's happening? What's this dark cloud over you? Or what is this abundant cloud over you? He says it's because their thoughts, their dealings and everything prior to even arriving to you were all speaking to their body and their aura. Mm -hmm. um, and so you all are creating, you all are creating an atmosphere for people. Um, and I just want to, you know, just thank you all for that. Um, this is number one, just a person as a, just a fan myself. And then um, two is just, it'll, it'll stand the test of time as it had, as it has. Um, and so, you know, if you guys got any like, Part and words. I'm I'm big on what are we gonna do for the, for the next young folks that are coming that mm -hmm. they don't they texting each other right now. Yo, we're quarantine over. We gonna get together and make some music. <laughs> um, what can what can you all say to them um, as um, we close out? First of all, I'd like to say thank you for having us. Uh, yeah. That's first of all. Um, second of all, I like to say like my man uh, Diabate, who is a bassist slash uh, DJ in the band, always says you can't you can't turn off your ears. Mm -hmm. um, you can turn off every other sense, right? You can find a way to, to, to not, but you can't turn off your ears. So um, I, I think we really try to make sure that, you know, what you hear is something, you know, that doesn't make you obese in the other way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that's, uh, that's always a testament to that. Um, what would I say to the young people? I would say, whatever you do, um, don't be safe with it, mm. right? Push it very far, right? Make it uncomfortable, as uh, uncomfortable as possible. Leftists will do a 17-minute track if the track feels like it deserves 17 minutes, <laughs> right? Leftists will do a one-minute track if the track feels like it deserves one minute because what you do is you push the parameters of what it is to be successful, mm. right? And unfortunately, there are other people who are dictating what success is for us. Mm. Right. And if you want to be successful on your terms, push the parameters, push the limits as much as possible. Mm. Put things in it that you that you don't you, you you're not sure if they work. Right. Say use rhyme patterns that you're not sure if they work. Use, uh, you know, ideas, you know, that you're not sure if they work, because, again, what they do, especially with you with you being young, it's not a right now thing. Right. Mm. It's an overtime thing. Right. It's a catalog thing. It's a building thing. Right. If you listen to some, let's just say Michael Jackson, for example, first album, the last album, none of them are the same. Right. Oh, yeah. Right? Sonically. Mike, Mike first out, Mike first solo album is a disco album. By his third album, it's a full rock album. Mm. By his fourth album, it's an R&B album. Right. But the idea is it's still Mike because he was able to push himself enough to be uncomfortable enough to figure himself out and say, I can do all of this within it, right? If you don't push yourself, you're going to limit yourself and it's going to hurt you more than it helps. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead, Mark. No, kind of to go off of that, uh, again, thanks for having us on here. And you know, if I had to give any advice, I don't know if I'm really the most qualified person to give advice to anyone on anything, but I would say consistency and realizing that, um, that there are, especially in music, there's the idea of like trying to get instant gratification in making music and you're, you know, be consistent in, in all the boring stuff. There's going to be a lot of boring things in it. There are going to be things that you don't want to do. And those are going to be the things you have to be consistent on as well too. If you want to be successful, whatever you define as successful. I remember when, um, in medical school, I was like thinking about what specialty I wanted to go into. 
and I loved everything. You know, I, I loved all the interesting cases and like all these different specialties. And my dad gave me some advice. He says, you know, every specialty is going to have like really interesting things. Look at the specialties where you really like the boring stuff. Mm. And so, you know, it just kind of goes to like, when I'm sitting down playing the guitar, yeah, sometimes I want to rock out, but sometimes I'm just going to be playing scales for an hour. Mm. Um, and it's consistency in those boring things. Hmm. That's real. Um, I'm sure you're going to want to answer from me too. And I feel like it's so hard to, to, to follow up because that's all sound <laughs> advice. But I think, I think the biggest thing for me is that you always want to keep an open mind, uh, an open ear, uh, an open and an open heart when it comes to the music, because there's going to be so many things that you learn um, throughout this time that we have been making music and been performing together. I learned some of my biggest life lessons just because I kept an open mind um, mm. and I was willing to uh, engage in ways I hadn't before with people or with ideas that, you know, I never came across. And one of the beauties of being in a band with so many different people and personalities is that you get to learn so much. Um, and I feel like leftist has taught me lessons that, um, you know, even school hasn't taught me, you know, I feel like sometimes I learn more here than I have in school. Um, and one biggest example is looking at music as a business, right? Because mm -hmm. there's the social aspect of it, there's the musicianship of it, but there's also the business aspect of it as well. Um, and it's about finding a, a beautiful balance to me among the three of them. Um, mm -hmm. When you get them in a, a perfect harmony, Mm -hmm. then you know you will have uh, success inshallah uh, but if you balance the business side more than the humanity aspect of it or the social aspect of it or the social more than the business side it's always gonna uh, gonna crash you know the scales are gonna tip and uh, not in your favor so for me it's about keeping an open mind understanding uh, the balance that comes with that um, and just staying uh, staying consistent with it so yeah and one more important note is, is I, I, sorry to cut you off, bro. No, you're good. One thing you said in the Rami uh, interview, you said that you tell young artists, I'm talking to you, Tark, you, mm -hmm. you, you tell young artists, if, if you were loved, it's okay to say you were loved. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah. that's so simple, but it's so heavy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because the art comes from you, it don't yeah. come from yeah. anybody else. Yeah. Right? So live the uh, actually because you've seen it before. You've seen it where people come in. You're like, that's not you. That's not your story. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. It's better to it's better to find your story. It's better to make a statement than to make a hit. Mm -hmm. Those are two different things. It's better to make a statement than than it is to make a hit. Yeah. yeah. If you were love, man, it's 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 okay. It's yeah. all right. <laughs> it's, all right. <laughs> it's it's all right. One um uh, interesting. I mean, he's. He's a little bit of trouble with the law now, but one of my uh, good friends growing up was, his name was Matt Brown, amazing football player, uh, went to Temple, broke records, all that type of stuff. His father is maybe top three lawyers in the state of Maryland. Hmm. And so, you know, we little kids from poor families, he had like everything, like Matt Brown had everything, <laughs> right? Yeah. And he never, at least it, during the time that I knew him at that time, acted like it. You know, he never, he was just uh, just like a balanced type of soul. You know, there may be some things that happened later on with him that, that kind of changed that. But at that period of time, it crystallized in my mind where I had dealings with him. Um, he was somebody that was really balanced. And I think it's a mark of balance when you can express the love that you, you've been given from the people who've invested in you. And because um, there's a story that needs to be told about the pain uh, within, you know, different communities and all that, we have that too. But it is, it's, I always say it is disrespectful for you not to talk about, you know, the auntie that you got that makes that particular bread, how it smells when you walk in the house and, and all of that, as opposed to the other things. So. Um, you know, thank y'all for keeping going, and you know, thank you for your time. And um, may Allah protect your work and uh, make an inspiration for people and make it a, uh, a protection for people as well. Yeah, me. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So I'll catch y'all later. 
And um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you all know when we uh, when we get this thing up and running, inshallah. Inshallah. Hey, we'd love to do this again, Tarek. Thank you for having us. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. We got to do, do the other half. So. <laughs> That's why I stopped you. I was like, no. All right, let's. Just let us know when. That, oh, that yeah. would be question. Oh, I got you. I, I have no doubt we can do like a four-hour interview. <laughs> I already know. We need to do that. Though. It's going to be like live or something like that. But inshallah, <laughs> we'll see. All right. All right.